Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond. Welcome to Magic City Soccer, a Dade Brigade podcast. This is your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. As always, I am Matthew Bunch. Thank you for joining us today or tonight or this morning or whenever you're listening. And uh, joining us on the podcast today is uh, Omar Mubayet. Omar, how are you doing today, pal? It's been a somber weekend here, boys. So I'm going to have a drink of my Guinness and we're going to go ahead and talk some soccer. (laughs) I think it's a good plan. Drew Hausman also on the line with us. Drew, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's Drew Hausman, formerly known as Drew Pock, but uh, I had to retire this weekend. Oh, we're going to have to go into that uh, before uh, before things wrap up today. Please do not let me forget about Drew Pock. How could anyone ever forget Drew Pock? Uh, so uh, we have a lot to talk about, uh, and we had been on a real hot streak uh, this is the first time uh, Miami FC have lost since the foundation of Magic City Soccer. And man, what a crappy time to score your first loss. Uh, Miami FC lose to the county rival, the Broward County rival, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, uh, 2 nothing, Uh And that's obviously the worst part of it. But it was there were a lot of things from that game Saturday night that uh, people who are really interested in soccer in Miami-Dade County uh, will look back and say, what if? And the game is only the tip of the iceberg, uh, and we'll try to cover all that today. Uh, Drew, what were your takeaways before we really start to dive in? Um, on the day in general or the game? Are we are we starting are we starting with uh, the highs then going to the lows and then going to the low 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 lows? <laughs> let's let's work let's let's work backwards. Let's let's let that be a framework. Let's start with the game and then we'll we'll deal with the weather uh and the frustration with that and then we'll talk about the tailgate. So let's talk, let's focus specifically on All the right, game. First. Um yeah, the the game was pretty miserable. Um obviously we lost uh two nothing and two late goals to the to the strikers. Um, one of the most depressing stats is that we had zero shots on goal. Um, a- after the second half, it really looked like the players checked out on both sides. But, you know, obviously Fort Lauderdale had some uh, had some energy bursts. Um, I think, our, you know, early on it looked like we had a good opportunity. I think it was in the 20-minute mark where uh, Bruno got a handball and Poku got to take a free kick, but uh, nailed it right in the wall. And, and after that, there wasn't... Uh, much to talk about from our side. Uh, yeah, that free kick, uh, Omar, I'll come to you in one second, but that, that free kick really stuck in my mind because I think this is the first time I had ever seen this particular thing happen, which is where the goalie basically just walked out of the box with the ball uh, and, and and gave up a free kick there. Nothing came of it, as you said. It, it hit off the wall, popped up high, and uh, wound up going out for a corner that didn't amount to anything, obviously. Uh, but I did think that was interesting. Omar, what were your takeaways from the match uh, Saturday night? Yeah, to piggyback on that very quickly, I thought as soon as it happened, I said, oh, great, Flight 19 and Bloody Shambles are going to have a field day with the field lines again because Bruno just literally walked out of the technical area with the ball in his hand. Something that's really bizarre, it's not that he wasn't even attempting to kick it. He was just walking, talking to somebody, and he just gingerly strolled out of the box. Uh, it's a rough game. Um it's basically like we were taking a helium balloon and we were going to do a skydive, uh, you know, up in the stratosphere. And all of a sudden, somebody decided to pop the helium balloon and we had a free fall on the way down. It's very deflating, um, but, you know, it's still a long season to go. So, you know, there's not really much to say about the game, right? We are sat there and, you know, we're going to get into the weather stuff and, and everything else in just a few minutes. But 
there's not really much to talk about because it wasn't very exciting. It was kind of dull. Uh, and it just almost seemed everything was rushed. It didn't feel like anybody wanted to be there. And I can't blame them. To add on to that. Yeah. Oh, I was going to Go say, ahead, yeah. Uh, it definitely felt rushed, you know. Uh, I, we ended up, the Dade Brigade ended up singing the national anthem because they just cut it out of the game. Uh, <laughs> everything, as soon as they were done warming up, you know. It was just like game on and, you know, they were moving slow. But, it, you know, even after the, the beginning of the first half, there was no stoppage time. Everybody just wanted to get out of there at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to yeah, know that. Yeah, it really did have the feel. I was going to say, it's really hard to, to, to imagine that because even at a high school level, after warm-ups, there still is a national anthem played. And it's funny. It's after the warm-ups, the guys ran off the field got dressed into their game day uniforms and then got back on and i really thought you know what what's the point of even going back to the locker room you might as well should have just had everybody warming up in their gear anyway because that was just a waste of an extra five minutes if you're trying to cut back so much time yeah there were i i didn't anticipate diving in so far to game day operations <laughs> uh, on this but i do i i did actually that from approximately 11 o'clock p.m local time to about 11:10 local time there were a lot of confusing things first off what what if you're looking to cut time why would you go through the whole rigmarole of sending the players back and then come back out second if you're not going to go through the normal introduction with the music that we all know and love and all that jazz which is fine uh at least coordinate with the team so that they're walking on the field at approximately the same time Miami FC were on the field for about four minutes before the strikers walked on Strikers walked on and apparently were ready to play, even though there were some uh, uh, media communications guy with the team who kind of pointed out that Miami didn't play the anthem. Well, the Strikers weren't out to listen to the anthem, apparently, for wh- for whatever reason. You know, we were even talking in the end whether the Strikers were going to come out, whether they were going to want to play at 11.05, 11.10 to, to, to kick off. It was very weird. It was a weird night from, from beginning to end. Basically, from the start of the rains until the end of the game. It was a strange, strange night. Now, going back to the actual playing of the game. Uh, I think you guys did a pretty good job of summarizing it. It was really uninspired. And you can't really blame either side. When you're kicking off at 11.10 local time for a game that's going to finish at 1 a.m., you were expecting to kick off, you know, 8 p.m. You're delayed three hours. You're normally, you know, those guys probably aren't normally in bed by 1 a.m., but, they're, you know, they aren't used to playing a game at 1 a.m. Those things matter, those circadian rhythms, the things you expect, the things you plan for all week. And Lord knows, living in, in Miami, you can expect rain to come and mess up your plans. We've all seen that happen before. Uh, but at the same time, it's hard to anticipate that kind of abnormal event happening. And you can understand it affecting both teams. I will say, on the other hand, and Omar called it, and and it was happy to point it out, this was a trap game for Miami FC, considering all the positive momentum that had built up prior to this game. Uh, And Fort Lauderdale, which is resting very close to the bottom of the table in the spring season, comes in in shambles. In shambles. Both of the, the front office, they don't technically have a home because they aren't playing Lockhart anymore. They haven't played at Central Broward yet. 
they're, they're transferring their best player to their, their rival. Everything's a mess. Everything is a mess. And meanwhile, your team, my my UFC, have finally found their 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 stride. How can you let this be such a letdown? No matter what the circumstances are, the rain, sleet, snow, hail, whatever. The fact that you had such a, a meatball sitting there waiting for you. And then just to whiff on it, just completely whiffs. Uh, you know, even a five a, four a loss would have been better, but to not even score, not even get a shot on goal, I mean, it, it's it's disheartening. And I I feel like I've come on this podcast every week, and it's been ah things are great, things are going better, and it's the first loss, so I don't want to seem like oh everything's terrible now. But at the same time, what a crappy way to really blow a lot of this momentum that the team has has built up over the last couple weeks this this puts you almost back at square one and it's hard to say it and obviously when teams in a better position than it was in the, in the spring season there's no doubt about that but god what a freaking bummer that's that's just the, the, what i come back to what a bummer. you know it, it's one of those things where I, I don't think the sky is falling that much i think we were looking again at the same 11 as we saw against uh who did we play last week I'm, my mind's blank in there um Minnesota. Minnesota, sorry, thank you. You see how quickly a four zero win goes away when uh, you don't you don't do well at home. Uh, no, it was the same eleven we saw against Minnesota. I don't believe there were any changes to the lineup, um, and it's kind of disheartening for us because you know, as we've mentioned before, since this podcast has been established, we've gotten at least a point in every game. So it's one of those where this is our first time we're coming on here after a loss, and you know, forgive us, forgive us if we sound a little defeated, but. Uh, it, it's a tough one to swallow because it's not one that we expected to happen. You know, yes, did I say last week that this was going to be a trap game? I, I did. Did I in my head really think it was going to be a trap game? No, no, I didn't. Uh, but it had all of the characteristics of a trap game nonetheless. And it's one of those scenarios that it kind of makes me think of the late Dennis Green, who's recently left us behind. You know, we are who they thought that we were, and we let them off the hook. It's the truth. That's the catchphrase for this game. We are who they thought they were. And we let him off the hook. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I'm just sad. I have no response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drew's devastated. Uh, he's still mourning the loss of Drew Pock. Um Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's a game you barely even want to talk about. And the thing is, it would it would be if it was any other team, any other team. You say, oh, well, they were on a good run and, and, you know, they were bound to lose and sometimes you put out a clunker and that's how teams work. You know what I mean? Like that's how this sport works. The best team can lose to the worst team in a league. It can happen. But, oh, God, it's it's really to, to be in that stadium at 12.50 a.m. on Sunday morning and to see the – Eight members of Flight 19 on the other side of the stadium hooting Split and hollering because they just scored. Right. Yeah, weird. Very strange. I mean, do whatever they want to do. But that is a kick in the balls. And there's no other way to put it. And it's just a, a, a kick square in the balls. And to give up two in quick succession like that and basically go from, okay, this is a nil-nil game. It's ugly. We're going to eke out a point to... Okay, it's one nothing, but it's the the field's wet. Maybe we can knock one into. Oh well, there goes the game. We gave up two goals to this this team that should not have been in the position. We should not have been in the position where we were 
losing one nothing to them. And you lose two nothing, and now they get the the prized scalp, and they get to claim superiority and and even you know whatever you want to look at the table, whatever. These things matter. The local perception matters. And I said last week this was a real opportunity for Miami FC to realign soccer in South Florida, and it was a blown opportunity. And next year, you know, the strikers could be in a worse position. They could be in a better position. Who knows? But all I know is right now the strikers are weakened. The strikers are uh, incapacitated in a way in terms of how they're able to grow locally. And Miami FC had a real advantageous position to land a real strong blow uh, in terms of keeping them down and absolutely blew it. There's no other way to put it. I think there's a lot more to say than just that. I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, the things that we experienced around the game on Saturday night. Uh, You know what? It's ironic because the day was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous day in South Florida. And up until just about 7.45, there was hardly a cloud in the sky. Nothing looked very threatening. And out of nowhere, we were encumbered with a essentially a three-hour rain delay. It was so bad to the point where, keep in mind, FIU Stadium is basically a full metal facility. We're talking about full metal bleachers, uh, a couple plastic chairs, but, you know, it's, it's really a uh, stadium comprised out of metal or out of aluminum, rather. And all of a sudden, it was so bad that the thought of walking to your car to go home was a worse idea than staying in the concourse for all that period of time. Had you made the walk to your car, you would have been soaked and your interior would have been destroyed. So it really didn't make much sense to even leave. You know, a lot of people stuck around. Give it a give a huge credit to the fans because for the first 90 minutes or so, you saw a lot of people sticking around. The concourse was still packed. Miami FC's drumline kept people entertained for the first 90 minutes and they stuck around. They kept the energy high. Um, I think we had a breakdown in communication. And look, I understand, right? Miami FC can control the weather. Uh, nobody here can control the weather. But I think where you do need to call foul just a bit is there was a kind of a lack of communication as to what was going on or what the thought process was. And granted, like I just said, you can't control the weather, but you got to keep people informed. You can't expect everybody just to hang out and wait, you know, 180 minutes for the game to start. People are, have kids, people have families, people are going to go home, they don't have the time to wait around all night for a game that's going to you know, finish at 1 in the morning. So I think we got, you know, we got shafted a little bit by Mother Nature, uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. You know, did we lose the game because of her? No. Did our guys in the lineup you know, feel a little exhausted, delayed, frustrated because of it and probably led to the results on the pitch? Yeah, I think that's a fair argument to make. Yeah, with the with the rain delay, uh, it was there were there were pros and there were cons. You know, uh, I guess we'll jump into this, but you know, obviously, we, we everybody's stuck in the the concourse for a long amount of time in that stadium. There's no sort of uh, loudspeaker system, so uh, I guess what happened was the uh, stadium staff that's employed by. I don't know, FIU or the team was eventually at some point started telling people this game will be rescheduled. Uh, I think probably just solely based off the fact on they wanted to go home or they wanted to, you know, do less work when it comes time for cleanup or getting everybody. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't, I don't, well, you you don't just tell people that the game will be canceled when you're just guessing it, you know, (laughs) like, 
Uh, that's a bit obnoxious. Um, the other thing is, you know, there, there's a lot of hate going on Facebook. They they did make. I'll, I'll let you guys break down the offer more. But you know, a lot of those tickets were handed out free. So the minute the rain broke up, a decent chunk left. But I think the the paying crowd stuck around for a longer time. I mean, if if worse came to worse, somebody from the freaking team should have just grabbed one of our meg- one of our megaphones if they let us in with them, uh, and just made some sort of announcement. Just say, hey, you know, it's it's not canceled yet. This is what can happen. Just stick around. If you want to leave, here's what we'll give you. Uh, you know, if you stick around, it could still happen. It, it's it's and of course too, it's a it's a new team, so they don't really know how to handle this. The facility isn't really doesn't really know how to handle it, and it's ill-equipped for it too. You know, and that's the other the you know at some point in time when it kept raining, the the roof under the bleachers was leaking. So in the concourse area, there are a bunch of patches where you're getting rained on. There's nowhere to really sit. So after after all that time, it takes a toll. I will say from my personal experience, Saturday. Saturday was very weird for me. I had a very bad day even before the game. I got to the game about an hour late, which I never do. I'm usually there early for the tailgate and enjoying it. Uh, but I got there at about 8.50 it did not know that there was this uh, lightning delay because where I was coming from in the county, which is farther south – the lightning had just started maybe 10 minutes before I arrived. It was I had no awareness of what it was going on. Uh, but we walked in the stadium and it was downpour. I was really impressed because I had learned when I, I walked in at 8.55 that the game had been delayed for an hour. The concourse in underneath the stands in the stadium was jammed, completely jammed, basically from end zone line to end zone line with people it was really hard to move now that's bad because you don't want to experience that as a person in the concourse but it's good that crowd was really healthy a really sizable crowd and that's one of the great disappointments as well from this weekend is is the people that didn't stay didn't stay because it rained and the people that did stay saw a loss and got rained on so there's kind of like no great takeaway from it, even though you got that crowd, uh, because the crowd didn't. A lot of the crowd didn't actually stay to see a game, and I do not blame them one bit. This is not a oh Miami fans are bad situation. This is a we got rained on for three hours. It's you know time to go home, uh, and I've got small kids, and we're going to be here till one a.m. So that's that's not the issue at all. Uh, I do want to address what Sean Flynn, uh, the CEO of the Miami FC, wrote. He did write this post on Facebook, this uh, much-talked-about Facebook post. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Basically, there's a lot of, you know, we're, we appreciate your concerns. We want to serve you better, blah, blah, blah. We were frustrated by the raid. Thank you for those who came out and many who stayed through it. Uh, the two points he really stuck on, I, I will read from him for these two points. We will continue to improve our communication to you throughout the week and on game day so you have the most up-to-date information. The third point, the last point, if you had purchased a ticket to the August 13th match, please contact us at 305-371-9760 to receive a voucher to attend a future regular season home match at FIU Stadium. Now, two points, and I I will be critical of the team here at some parts, and I will sympathize with them at some parts. Uh, when it comes to game day communication, he is 100% right that they need to do a better job than that. As Drew mentioned FIU Stadium does not have the kind of public address system that works inside the concourse that you might see at a 
you know, a, a larger football facility or, you know, a basketball arena. Uh, so that that's understandable. At the same time, we have seen throughout the season breakdowns in communications between the FIU staff, the Andy Frame security, which is a security firm hired by the team, and team officials themselves. And as members of the Dave Brigade, we have seen that repeatedly. This is now trickling down from us, who we have very close encounters with the team, to the regular paying fan. And at some point, it has to be fixed. This is the first year. There are going to be growing pains. But uh, when I, a very close, uh, passionate fan who follows the team on virtually every social media stream, uh, am going to the Fort Lauderdale Strikers Twitter page to look for (laughs) updates, that's a problem. And that's what I was doing. Fort Lauderdale, uh, the one good thing I will say about Fort Lauderdale, their social media team did a bang-up job Saturday night, not only relaying information, but being funny at the same time. They did a really, really, really good job. Uh, Miami FC basically put out updates every 30 minutes that we were delayed 30 more minutes. Well, great. What does that mean? Like, they all become repetitive at, at a point. What's the context? What's the latest time we can kick off? What are the rules? I know the rules because I've worked in... in, in situations like this i know it's when there's a lightning strike you have to wait 30 minutes but you know joe schmo who's coming to his first game and maybe found your twitter page you know just by happenstance doesn't know that the people in the stands don't know that apparently the security people on 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 site didn't know that and that's a problem and that's something that has to be fixed by the next home game it's inexcusable and it's i'll rephrase it's excusable last saturday Going forward, if this happens again, there is no excuse. It does not matter what the what the cause is. You know what the problem is. You need to fix it. Now, being sympathetic, offering everyone who had a ticket to the, the Fort Lauderdale game a ticket to the next game is a great remedy. Is it going to make everyone happy? No. And if you follow Miami FC on Facebook, you can see it won't make everyone happy. But what are you going to do? You can't issue quote-unquote money refunds when there were giveaways for this game. It's, it's not financially responsible. It's not reasonable. It's just not possible. And if you bought, you know, maybe if you bought a ticket and you can show a receipt that it was a financial transaction, then maybe that's something the team should consider. But most teams don't do that. Uh, even, you know, Major League Baseball or the National Football League, you know, once they get the money, they don't want to give the money back. And most businesses tend to subscribe to that, that belief. But... This is kind of the only solution that's reasonable, and the thing that is really a bummer, and I I walked into the game Saturday night and just got sad because – and and it sounds funny, but I knew – the thing I had talked about this game, the way I framed this game before it happened was opportunity. Opportunity for the team, opportunity for the club, opportunity for the community, and Saturday night in every way – just felt like, and I said it earlier, like a blown opportunity. And the weather, nothing you can do about it. It still sucks. It still causes the opportunity to be blown. But it 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 sucks. It, 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 I, hearing what the crowd was like, and we'll talk about the tailgate in a second. I'm going too long. And I had said before we started, I wanted to talk shorter. So I'm going to wrap up right here. Uh, hearing the description of what things were like before the rain started, before the lightning started, and then seeing what happened between 8 p.m. or 8.50 p.m. and 11 p.m., just sucked and and that was even before the game started even before we lost it was just it, it was a real bummer and yeah i think i've said that word like five times which <laughs> has to be a record for this decade but it's a real bummer 
Um, but before we transition, yeah, that's kind of all I got on that. Yeah, before we transition to the tailgate, uh, I think it's really important to note that the game was played, right? And I myself started thinking right around the ten o'clock mark. All right, first of all, this is a field that is predominantly turf. Can it drain the water? Okay, drained it somewhat decently. Um, is the stadium going to be suitable to have people sitting in it? Because it's so soaked. And again, as we described earlier, these are metal or aluminum bleachers. Uh, and, you know, people can slip on this rather you know, rather easily. Is that a risk that Miami FC wanted to assume? Game was played, right? So keep something in mind. The game actually got played. The game was actually completed. And I don't think any other team in South Florida, and I don't think any other team in the state of Florida at a minimum, would have even offered a voucher to come back to a future game because it's not just the next home game, which is on 27th against Minnesota. It's actually any future home game um, that you wish to attend. So if it doesn't fit your schedule Saturday night, Miami FC is going to have two weekday tilts coming up within September that you can attend uh, for free if you were un- unable to uh, you know, stay for this rainout. I'm sorry, or for the extensive rain delay, not a rainout. I myself thought the game was going to be canceled at some point. I really did think the game would have, would have been postponed until Saturday or Monday. The more I've had time to think about it, the more I believe that that would have never been an option for Miami FC. Do you want to pay people for not having a game played? And we're talking about Miami FC, they pay a lot of money to rent out FIU Stadium. Uh, you know, they have to pay the staff at FIU Stadium. They have to pay their own staff, uh, let alone and everything else. And is it... Was it financially feasible for them to have not played the game? I don't think so. So in the back of my mind now, the more I look at it, that game was always going to be played. They would have waited to the last possible second and they would have played the game regardless. But again, as you mentioned, going to the Fort Lauderdale Strikers page for updates is unacceptable. Uh, Miami FC needs to make sure that they have either better community relations, better uh, social media outreach, or just a better overall communications department. Because... There's no reason why I need to be under the concourse and getting an update every 30 minutes. I understand. Listen, there were lightning bolts that for sure were hitting the ground within a five-mile radius of the stadium. I did not want to be in metal bleachers as lightning was happening. Hell no. Absolutely not. But there's got to be some accountability and there's got to be some improvement because we cannot go into year two or year three of this team and have, oh, well, we're going to let you know in half an hour. Oh, we're going to let you know in half an hour. That's not going to work. That's just not going to work. I will say uh, this is also one of those times where uh, the phrase, this is the NASL, uh, comes into play because Drew Pock was the voice of reason, and I was <laughs> literally just marching around telling everybody that would talk to me or I could find that there was no way in hell this game was being canceled. Um, the Fort Lauderdale right. Strikers play on Wednesday and then again on Saturday, so they're doing a 3-7. and seven. And then the following week, you know, we're playing Rayo OKC, we're playing Ottawa, and then we're coming back home to play Minnesota. So directly afterwards, we're doing a 3-7. and seven. So there is, you know, everybody said do it the next day, but that's really going to mess up. This is the NASL. This is going to mess up all their travel plans, everything else. You know, I, I think maybe only once or twice in league history a game has completely been canceled and rescheduled, and I just didn't see it happening. I mean, it, they had the advantage yeah. of the close proximity, but the way their schedules were coming out for, you know, the next, the following couple of weeks, you know, if you could play and it sucks at the time, they were going to be playing it. 
Yeah, that's a great point because unlike the spring season where the NASL had 11 teams with the addition of Puerto Rico, there are no more bye weeks in the spring season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's why we see the addition of the 3-7, and seven, something we did not see in the spring season. And like you, as you mentioned, you know what? If Fort Lauderdale striker is going to go on three games in seven days, they would have turned to Miami FC and said, listen, we'll play it at the end of the year if it's going to make a difference in the standings. But would that have been worth it? Uh, probably not. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, different factors that that went into this decision, and and I, I it's not one to be taken lightly, and it's not one that that the team. It was a series of bad decisions. You had to decide which one was least bad, and you know the only way that game was getting canceled is if it was lightning, lightning, lightning until eleven. Uh, otherwise, they wanted to get it in, and I understand, but it you can still be a little more open with the customer about what's going on and it's never going to be perfect not everyone's going to be made happy but there people who are complaining about this have a legitimate gripe uh, and you know i i think that's really all you can can say about that and hopefully people who are i saw one man purchase a ticket he was visiting from italy uh you know i hope he gets he can think the team can find a way to give him a refund if he actually bought a ticket exchange currency for a ticket because, uh, yeah, he's not going to be able to catch a game before the end of the year. Uh, but, you know, you can make it back out. And I think this is a good way to take a bad situation to make as much good from it as possible. Absolutely. Uh, let's actually talk about something that was good. Uh, and I will re- kind of recuse myself from this conversation because, as I mentioned, I did arrive at the game at 8.50 p.m. Uh, but the tailgate, I was quite envious of what I heard from the tailgate. Uh, gentlemen, tell me a little bit about what the uh, Day Brigade tailgate was like last week. I want I want Drew Pock to go ahead and start that because he was a lone wolf. Well, him and his significant other were lone wolves manning that merchandise tent as soon as I got there. And I got there a little bit later uh, than everybody else, but they were, man, they were working. They were working hard. That's right. Drew, Drew Pock was hustling the streets. Uh, so the, the tailgate went really well. I was... Extremely surprised that team bought like one of those uh, maybe like three on three inflatable uh, soccer getups. So it's team branded. So I'm assuming that's going to be out there for uh, for the future. Uh, it was good. Flight Flight 19 came out in the the tailgate show. We talked to them a little bit. Um, there was uh, free food out there. The beer was flowing, and it was a great attendance. You know, uh, they did a really good job with kind of reserving the parking for us finally and blocking off a space so it wasn't us standing in the middle of cars and stuff like that it was uh it was a reserved spot so of course everybody came over the same spot we got a lot of you know first time people or fans that maybe haven't been to our tailgate before but have seen us inside that were interested so it was all in all a great experience they had um garage soccer the little soccer game that you the european soccer game you flick with your finger the the full-on team so a lot of people played that uh it was diverse too i, I think that's known as is that so yeah I, I, thank you i couldn't think yeah. of the name of it but he kept referring to it as garage soccer <laughs> so <laughs> I, I i wanted to play it so bad but uh you know mitch mitch was out and about congregating and i was slang in uh, shirts and scarves which we sold out of almost all of them so that shows you how insane it was but yeah i mean it, and it would it stretched the whole spectrum uh it they had a bunch of family friend friendly stuff 
on one side and we kind of had our uh, little party going on the other side and there was a DJ so right when we got there it seemed like an amazing great evening that was going to go off very well. Uh, also on the march in they finally uh, approved us uh, popping smoke in the parking lot and in the stadium. Uh, there are some restrictions so please do not bring your own and be a big dumb dummy like me but uh, it definitely added to the to the marching. Yeah. So uh, as the man who carried the Zika-infested water bucket, I'm just kidding. The water bucket. Uh, FIE did have some restrictions on the smoke. They did want to make sure that the canisters were completely extinguished. So we did have to walk in with up a water bucket. So if you look at the photos that are in the New Times, you see a big guy holding a water bucket. That would be me. Say hi at the next game. Um, but as as Drew said. Uh, the tailgate went off, I think, just about close to perfect as perfect could be, right? Um, on a day brigade standpoint, we were able to sell and move a lot of merchandise, uh, which was awesome. We have more people now with day brigade uh, gear out there. And, you know, with the day brigade gear, I've had many people, you know, at Publix ask me, like, hey, that shirt, like, that's pretty cool. Well, you know, what is that about? And, you know, you mentioned, hey, you know, it's about Miami FC. And, and you start a quick, you know, three, four minute conversation. Um but if you were not able to sing, swing by the tent or if you happen to get to the game a little late or just didn't want to purchase something at the event, we have the gear, those that are which are still available, at our website, daybrigade.com. At the top, you're going to see a shop link. Go ahead and click on there. Uh, we have knitted scarves. We have rally towels. We have T-shirts. There's a few sizes that are out of stock. As soon as we get them back, though, that will be shipped out. If you want to be like us and you want to have a membership and make sure you get out to every game and get some exclusive discounts to different places, uh, we have two memberships that we're offering. We're offering an officer's membership, which comes with the Day Brigade shirt and the scarf. If you want the whole kit and caboodle, we have every scarf, the t-shirt, and a rally towel as well. That's the five-star membership. So if you want to join us, maybe be a special guest at a future uh, podcast, you know, feel free to sign up and, and let us know and, and, and be in the rounds, you know. Um, so as, as I said, I think the tailgate went off, went off without a hitch. I got there a little late. I think it was fantastic. Uh, a lot of kids were really enjoying the inflatable soccer field and things of that nature. We had a couple games of cornhole going, which is very nice, something that you don't really see in South Florida. Uh, and it was it was a great, great tailgate. I think it was done very well. Props to the team for, you know, pushing out that area or allowing us that space to be able to have the tent and have the merchandise and have the beer and have the inflatable soccer going. I also want to say... Omar, I will... I was going to go say, shout out to the two guys. I forgot their name, but uh, we had two listeners that I, that I met previously. But uh, they came out to the yes. game again, so I was, I was very excited that uh, we actually do have listeners, and there's there was proof of it. <laughs> it's not that random guy in Russia who's listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was wild, uh, being introduced to two listeners of the podcast. Uh, you know, sometimes you think you're just talking into an empty room on the internet, uh, and then when you actually encounter some people who listen to it uh, outside of your normal world of, of you know, the guys in the, the brigade chat or your significant others, uh, hearing from them was, was quite interesting. That was fun. Uh, and I will credit Omar. Uh, Omar, I literally had pulled up ready to talk about uh daybrigade.com slash shop and then you beat me to it you were always on the hustle my you man. gotta be faster was, than that uh, impressive oh you gotta be quicker than I that i know <laughs> so yeah it's uh you know it you know it's it as he mentioned you know i i have the 
the five star general membership and you get all the scarf and and shirt and rally towel needs fulfilled uh you also get your membership card which gets you some sweet discounts at places like mad about soccer um it's really solid and obviously if you're listening to this you're probably somewhat interested or you're already a member uh and if you're not a member i mean what the hell are you waiting for like get on it seriously uh get get to the website and get on that uh, i will say uh when I got to the game Saturday night and Drew told me that uh, – actually, I think it was both of you in our conversation that m- merchandise had basically sold out. I was astonished and uh, I, I, I could – because I know we our uh, fearless leader, uh, Mitchell, uh, is a man who knows how to get stuff organized and you know get the, get the shirt, get everything that you need out in there. Uh, and he has a lot of stuff, and to have had that stuff get bought up, um, that was a really first off well thought out by uh, by Mitchell and Drew. Drew, I knew you were kind of a a, a, a lead on that. Get making sure the stuff was there and accessible to people who were interested, and just actually making it available and, and getting the job done. I was very happy to hear that. So, and also to keep in mind, guys. Um, Gay Brigade is again the official supporters group for Miami FC. Also, keep in mind that around the NASL, there is no paid member supporters groups, if I'm not mistaken. I am about 75% sure that we are the only supporters group in the NASL that actually has an official support. I'm sorry, that has an official membership and official membership discounts because we are paid members. It's not a lot of bucks that you're shutting down. Um, you're getting discounts to Mad About Soccer. You're getting discounts to Soccer Locker Local. Soccer Locker has a lot of great gear for those of you who have never uh, ventured inside. You're getting discounts to Fritz and Friends when there is and when there is not a game. Um, I know that we are working on some additional discounts uh, for you know, field rentals. Uh, we're looking at additional discounts for you know, food and beverage and things of that nature. So you know what? $25 gets you the card. Um, and it makes sure that it can allot you some of these discounts, and the membership is going to pay for itself. And make sure you use referral code OMARM. <laughs> Omar on the hustle, on the hustle. Uh, so, yeah, that was – I had, like I said, I walked into the game Saturday night and got sad really quick, uh, and that's normally not what you want to associate with going to a game, but after hearing – what had happened and how things had gone down and what I had missed. Uh, it, it sounded like a hell of a party, a hell of a good job, which, you know, ultimately our, our responsibility as supporters is to create an atmosphere that will encourage other people to come and come back. And and really, the two big things we can do is be loud, boisterous supporters in the stadium and ambassadors outside the stadium with our tailgate. And the fact that it did go over so well, and so many people were interested in it. Uh, yeah, that's 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 a good job out of us, and I, I don't want to, you know, break my arm, pat myself on the back, and and I'm, I didn't even do anything. That's right, late. you didn't I do anything. There. You were late. Uh, yeah, so what am I doing? Good, good job, Omar. Good job, Drew. Good job, Mitch. Good job, everyone else who was out there. Uh, it, it's it's good, job. Natasha, of course, uh, doing a really good job in the cause of South Florida soccer. Um, so I think we've covered everything from Saturday. Like we talked about another um, Magic City soccer streak broken. No major transfer uh, news to discuss. It's kind of a slow week. I think the whole uh, squad is kind of hungover after the loss. 
which I don't blame them for. Uh, anything else to cover, gentlemen, or are we, we going to wrap this thing yeah, up? Yeah, very quickly. So uh, it seems like we're moving up on the waiver order of the NASL Fantasy Football League here. Uh, we did not make any waiver claims this week, which is nice to see, nice to see. we didn't make any trades either. Um, I did want to mention, if we take a look at the standings quickly, currently still sitting in fifth, seven games played. We have two games in hand on three of the teams above us. Uh, we are eight points back of the tie at the top with Indy 11 and FC Edmonton. What's important to note about this is the following. Every team above us, to add more insult to injury, uh, won last week. Every team above us won last week. If I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, one game may have been a draw, but every team above us collected points. So if you do the math, we're still two points behind the leaders, even if we were to win out our next two games in hand. Um, so it's going to be incredibly crucial down the stretch to make sure that when we play these teams, we need to walk away with three points. When we play Rio this Saturday, we need the three points. When we play the Cosmos at the end of the season in New York, we need the three points. Edmonton's going to come back. We took care of them in the spring season. We're going to do so again in the 11. We already know the story there. So we got to make sure that we keep our foot on the pedal, put this loss behind us. We've got the dreaded three games in seven days coming up. So we got to make sure to keep accumulating points as quickly as possible. So to end it, I do. Uh, go ahead. Drew, go it, ahead. I was going to say to end it, not too negative about uh, the team in last week. Uh, I thought Aaron Dennis looked pretty good. Yes, it did. <laughs> but I also want to know. Just, just a statement. Yeah. Blanket statement. He looked yeah, good. Yeah. He looked good. Looked good. Had some effort. Uh, but I also <laughs> wanted to know where was Vincenzo Rinella? He wasn't in the 18, yeah, was Yeah, there was. No, no. I even asked no. it and, and, and got a yell back and, response. So. <laughs> and Fort Lauderdale did, uh, did play their. Uh, their new Italian, he wound up scoring a goal. Oops. So it was an insult to injury. Oops. Yeah, it was. Uh, Vincenzo has a hole to dig out of, and he hasn't even played a game yet because uh, his his countryman, even though he's kind of French apparently too, uh, got got on the scoreboard for the rivals. So yeah, I, I definitely thought about Vincenzo on Saturday night, uh, and especially when we were talking about the pronunciation uh, and the different ways to say Vincenzo Renella. Uh, I, I did want to mention actually before we leave and, and God knows we could talk about things forever, but I did want to mention, uh, again, I'm patting ourselves on the back a bit here and I'm kind of uncomfortable with it, but I think it is worth mentioning. Uh, I think, uh, everyone who was involved in the TIFO process, uh, to make our, our Vega TIFO, uh, did a really tremendous job. It looked fantastic. And I'm, I'm aware that, yeah, absolutely. I'll give some applause for that. Uh, I, I will say there was a bit of a stick given uh, about our TIFO topic uh, because of the number of goals conceded by Vega this year. But, uh, you know, I'm calling you out, Cosmos Country Lou, uh, even though he was not really that aggressive about it either. Uh, but, you know, if you've watched a Miami FC game, you know that the goals conceded largely are not Vega's problem and have largely been the problem of the back line. And sometimes it's hard to kind of separate those two things. But there's a reason we went to the effort as, as supporters who have watched every game. There's a reason that we went to the effort that we did in order to make this TIFO for this goalkeeper. And it's because we've watched him and we know how hard he has worked and how well he has done. And when and I this is the reference point I always go back to speak, speaking about the Cosmos. When you lose to a team for nothing and the goalie is probably the man of the match, that's it, it, the number of goals conceded does not necessarily tell the story. And uh, Vega has done a really tremendous job this year, and I was really happy, honored, pleased with with 
how it turned out, and especially the response given by Vega once he saw it. He, he really, really enjoyed it. Before we go, we do want to go ahead and dig into the Premier League very quickly as we did last week. Man United, top of the table. My Manchester United. All right, guys, have a Latin, good night. Three games, three goals. Hi, <laughs> Drew. And, of course, Drew's lonely arsenal. Oh, what a, what, a, what a barn buster that game was. But you know what, though? It was, it's funny uh, with Arsenal. They always find a way the game look more competitive on the score sheet than it actually was. It never fails. Most entertaining game of the weekend. Yeah, Most I tell entertaining you, game of the weekend. It, yes, it was. That's true. By a thousand miles. And I tell you what, I actually drove up to uh, Fox and Hounds in Oakland Park, which is kind of the mecca of Liverpool supporters in South Florida, uh, to watch the game. Uh, actually, I went up to get a ticket for an event Friday night because Bruce Grubelar is coming. Ottawa Fury goalkeeper coach and Liverpool legend. Uh, he's coming to give a talk. Uh, so I went up there to watch the game, and it was about to quote uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, Manchester United uh, you know, legendary coach. It was squeaky bum time for about 20 minutes uh, in that bar. <laughs> it was not fun. And it's hard to say that it, when you've watched – your team score four goals and four goals of the quality that they were because they were not four, you know, accidental cheapies. They were beautiful goals. Uh, and then to all of a sudden be in clenching onto the bar for 20 minutes. Uh, it, it was fun, but I will I will gladly take an, a nice boring 2-0 win next time or a, a draw even, especially playing on the road. I mean, it's hard to say, you know, you take a draw over a win, but God, I lost about six months of my life. <laughs> Uh, off of that so one. what would be your biggest uh, surprise of the weekend just very quickly before we wrap up because uh, I have mine I want to go last I just wonder if either of you guys will confer with, with kind of what I have in mind uh, speaking of the Premier yes. League okay so I'll go I would say I mean I've got two I guess I'll go one like with my team and one not uh, scoring four at the Emirates was, was pretty surprising I was not expecting that uh, I was expecting a close game and, and, and kind of grind it out, even though I know Arsenal have had their defensive questions coming into the season. But the biggest surprise, I, I think, even though it's it kind of, you know, it's it's not a surprise that maybe there was this letdown coming, but the fact that Leicester couldn't couldn't muster a better result from Hull, uh, I, I think that was that was a bit of, of a bummer, I guess, for... The, even though I'm not a neutral for towards the end of last season, basically being a neutral in that title chase uh, and seeing how they played and then kind of seeing the tables turn now uh, in that game, I thought that was a bit surprising. Drew, what was yours out of curiosity? Um, uh, biggest surprise? I mean, it wasn't that big of a surprise, but I also thought kind of uh, it's kind of a little bit saddened and a little bit LOL, ROTF held at the uh, Leicester loss because uh, – Hole came back up, my, my boys, the Tigers, and uh, had an amazing uh, bicicleta kick and whatever. This weekend, I'm still trying to erase from my memory. I can give you a lot of excuses, but uh, Matthew has to drink himself to sleep with NyQuil. So let's hear it, Omar. <laughs> All right. So biggest surprise of the weekend, uh, I think it's one of two things. One Rivals Manchester. I'm surprised Manchester United went by so much. They're so great. <laughs> such a such a savior of a weekend when you turn on the game at eight thirty in the morning and just see that you win three one over Bournemouth. But no, um, no Manchester City leaving Joe Hart out of the starting eleven and with the rumors that he's going to go uh, to Roger Bennett's uh, Everton side. That that's kind of surprising. But I think the biggest surprise again. I guess we were all in the same mindset. 
I don't think anybody really thought Leicester City was going to come on and uh, throw out a dud against the whole city. A team that barely squeaked out of the championship playoffs last season. Uh, whole city is not very an impressive side. I don't think many pundits have them staying up in the league uh, for the season to follow. Uh, I think they have them as a relegation threat, and, and I don't blame them. Swansea, another team that's supposed to be a relegation threat, managed three points. Uh, you know, and that's happy for our boy Lee. Um, by the way, where was Lee? And um, yeah, I, I think Leicester City's that that mixture of Joe Hart not being in the starting eleven. Leicester throwing out the dud and Swansea getting an important three points to start the year were all very interesting things that show that the Premier League scriptwriters are hard at work, baby. They're hard at work. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a great year of, of, of soccer, both domestically and, and internationally. There's a lot of storylines building the Premier League with his return of or, or the welcoming of all these coaches uh, and managers coaches they sound so American of these managers coming in and obviously the the you always have La Liga with Ronaldo versus Messi and Real versus Barcelona and then Germany Dortmund on the rise question mark and will they catch up to Bayern Munich probably not but will they be able to really keep some sort of pace uh there's there's a lot of questions to be seen and and it, that's one of the great things about being a fan of this sport is that basically you never have to be done with it uh, you know, baseball, you, you know, November through February, you're not really going to find baseball unless you're really perusing the South American winter leagues. You know, uh, football, as we all know, there's a big dearth of, of football during the spring. Uh, but with this, you know, you, I've been watching basically from last August between the Premier League, the NASL, the MLS, and then you have uh, the Copa, the Euro, the Olympic competition, which is still going on. Uh, it doesn't stop, and there's always something to talk about. But I guess for now, we should probably stop because, as was mentioned, I need to go drug myself before I try to get a good night's sleep. Um, yeah, so anything else to add before we bid adieu, gentlemen? No, I think we can bid adieu, sir. All right, so, uh, Drew, thank you very much, sir, as always. Yes, sir. Uh, if anybody sees one of those rare, hard-to-find coins from last game, let me know because apparently they existed and I didn't get one, and I'm very sad. Oh yeah, that's something. Okay, oh, we're we'll not going to no, talk, we'll talk about, about that next that. week. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll leave that for next week. Oh, Omar, thank you, sir. Absolutely, guys. Keep in mind there is so there is a Premier League Day Brigade Fantasy League. So if you are in the chat and you do hear this podcast tomorrow by tomorrow at nine PM when it is our draft, uh, it is going to be played on the Taga platform. Advanced metrics. Uh, the draft should take about an hour. There are scheduled to be eight or ten teams available. Please let me know. I'll give you the referral code. Um, if you don't have it, reach out to me on Twitter. It's Mubayed, M-O-U-B-A-Y-E-D, 11. Uh, and I will be more than happy to join. Uh, have you join us in our Premier League uh, Fantasy League. Excellent. So as Omar mentioned, you can find him on Twitter. Uh, you can find Drew on Twitter. It's Houseman, H-O-U-S-M-A-N-L-O-L. Uh, I'm Matthew, two T's, the letter S, bunch like a bunch of grapes. Uh, and our podcast can be found at Magic City Soccer, probably the easiest one to remember. So just go there and you'll find us eventually. <laughs> uh, for for Omar and Drew, uh, I've been Matthew Bunch. As always, thank you for listening to Magic City Soccer. Uh, and as always, go Miami FC and go Miami Soccer. R.I.P. Drew Pox. Go on, but not LOL, forget. like Arsenal's title chances. Ah, jeez. <laughs>